Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. West Ham 1, Liverpool 3. The champions are back. Well, I mean, it's it's only one game. But yeah, we looked a lot more like we used to. So it it finally feels good. Like I finally feel like there's a bit of confidence. I know we were confident after the last game. But this one feels like we really shook it off and we're, we're back to the way we used to be. And I think that's... That's the important point. It's it's not just one game. It's the past, th- well, for sure, the past two games in the EPL. I'd say the past four games, we've, well, the past three games, we've played a lot better. And and a few moments here and there in, in the previous two games. So it's it's nice to, to see them consistently playing well again. Well, I mean, I would, uh, I would agree as a team. I would say... Um, consistent is a word that we can't use this year. Um, you know, Salah looked better than he's looked in, I might say months. Um, and frankly, Shaq and Origi, I don't know. It's like the bad Shaq and Origi showed up this time. Cause they were, you know, if I don't even need them to be that spectacular, but they need to consistently be better than what they were today. And I was trying to figure out where they were playing. So I know Salah didn't move position. So he was playing on the right. Origi looked like he was playing on the left, but was Shaq really playing down the center? God, I don't know. There were times that it felt like Origi was coming back like he was supposed to be in the Firmino role. And then there were times that Shaq looked like he'd gone for some popcorn because he wasn't even playing. And I honestly don't know what the two of them were doing. They were... So Origi in particular had no first touch today. Um except except in the second half when things were happening really quick and he couldn't think about it and so he just let his natural ability take over and then he was good but in the first half where he had a moment to think about everything he like the ball just kept going away from him it was it was sloppy all around i won't just put it on him robertson had some sloppy plays um you know tiago had some sloppy plays there were quite a few but i mean origi and Shaq, like that's and you know how much I love Origi. And you know how high I am on Shaq. I mean, he's played a couple really good games for us where he showed his creativity and inventiveness. But yeah, today, uh, they did not look good. And, and I'll be honest, I love what they bring. But today could have turned out a lot worse if Salah didn't have a couple real nice moments. Yeah, to be fair on, on uh, Shaq, I will say that the difference between the way he's been playing this season and previous seasons is you can see now that he's buying into the fact that he needs to change his game and play the way the manager wants. I'm not saying that it's necessarily working out for the better, but you can see there's a difference. Whereas before he would come in and then just play his natural game, which is kind of to expect the unexpected, right? Which I believe is where we thrive or where we can get the most from him. But he's trying to play in that, disciplined role and you know he's he's doing the give and take and it's, it's just you can tell it's not his game and so um in all fairness and in all fairness to him the reason why he's playing so much i believe is because he's listening to instruction but i would rather see the old shack back who just comes in it, it, it we give him a free role and and just trust him to bring a little bit extra to the team you know in all honesty while you were talking it just occurred to me you know what front three i actually want to see now I want to see Origi, Shaq, and Minamino with no Klopp instruction. I want right. the three of them to go out, play their game, not do all the stuff that Klopp puts on them, 
and I wonder if we'd get a real fun game out of them, and I think we'd do really well. Yeah, do you remember the League Cup game we played earlier this season? Um, the one that we won, I think, 7-0 seven, seven or 7-2? I, I forget who we played. It wasn't a very strong team, but that's not the point. But I remember in that game, Minamino and Shaq played really well, and they weren't playing the Liverpool way. They were just You could tell that they were just playing their own game. And so, yeah, I agree. We will never know what kind of players they could be for Liverpool if if we continue to try to force them into our our style. Well, it's the Keda story all over again, right? I mean, it's it's their, you know, Klopp found Keda, try to put him into a a system and a position that wasn't his ideal. And even Klopp admitted that was a mistake. And yet I feel like he hasn't learned because Shaq is not, you know, he's doing what Klopp wants and you can see it. Right. But it's not his game. It doesn't come naturally to him. And it leads to him essentially just being lost on the field half the time. Like in some games, he looks really good because the game is... When he comes in as a sub. No, no. Even when he starts sometimes, the game just has a better feel for him. Whereas this one, it just, I don't know if he didn't have a good feel or he was worried about being subbed or what, but he just looked lost. I mean, he he looked like he didn't even belong there. Um, Origi was doing well in terms of getting in position and doing the things he's supposed to and making the runs, but he just couldn't touch the ball to save his life. Like it was, it was bizarre. The thing about Origi is, is you really never know which Origi you're going to get, right? So there are some days where he just has that vibe of, okay, I'm just happy to be here. I'm in the team. I'm, I'm going to make a run and I score, I score, I miss, I miss, and it's all good. Life goes on. Then there's some other days where he still has the same attitude, but then actually things come off. Right. So he's, he's just a very laid back personality. And, and I think I remember Trent saying, you remember the, the goal against Barcelona and um, off the corner um, yeah. that Trent, Trent scored. Yeah. So um, I remember in an interview no, that Origi scored from Trent. We'll never forget that one. Go on. Yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> I remember in an interview, Trent was saying how he knew that he could try that with Divock because he's just so chill. Right. And you can kind of tell he's, he's really just chilling on the field and as long as he scores the important goals for us, then it's fine. But then w- when he's not, we're really just carrying an extra player. Well, I would say not just chill, but he's also very instinctive. So so that goal against Barcelona off the corner from, from Alexander-Arnold, let's be honest. If that was Salah or Firmino or Mane, they would touch it six times with both feet and then try to take a shot through six guys. Right. Like... Um, Origi is just instinctive. And in the second half, you saw where he had a guy, he got a couple, he generated a couple chances and there was no thinking. There was no time. He needed to move, move quickly, one touch. And that's where he's at his best. This, this thinking is not working for him. And I hate to say it. I, it, it sounds bad, but I don't mean it. He's just so good instinctively. And to your point, he is just too chill. But I mean, my point to that was consistency. Like, you know, a guy like Genie can float in and out of the game, but even in games he's not really in, he's still doing the engine work. Yeah, he's still a part of the Liverpool system. Right, where a guy like Shaq and Origi today did not feel like they were part of the system, and Salah finally rejoined the system after inconsistently showing yeah. for the last you know month or so. Uh, I think so- I think there's a reason why Origi did really, really well when we were playing heavy metal. Because it's like, okay, you guys just go out and outscore the opposition, basically. And press, 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 right? Easy. Yeah. For him, at least. But yeah, in, in this system, that's all about passing at the right time to the right person in the right place. 
and then moving in the right the right time, knowing when to burst, when not to burst. You can tell. I mean, he's he's apparently he's an, he's an extremely intelligent person. So this has nothing to do with intelligence, but in terms of his aptitude to adapt to a system that goes against his instincts or or the way he chooses to play, yeah, he's he will continue to struggle, but he'll continue to get us important goals. Which I mean, at the end of the day, to me, comes back to is Klopp using his players the right way. And does Klopp have the right players? And I think Origi would be much better on another team. I think Shaq would be much better on another team. Not that I think they're not good on ours, but we're trying to force, you know, a round peg in a square hole, square peg in a round hole. Um, So, you know, in a way I feel for them. But I mean, look, at the end of the day, we came off with a couple um, very nice goals from Salah um, and, and Genie cleaned up off a nice Firmino play. Um, All in all, it was a very good game. Uh, but if you're, if you're really going to talk about consistency, I'll say probably the most consistent thing today was Hendo and Phillips at the back. The two of them looked solid. Yes. They, they're probably the first true partnership we've had this season besides yeah. Van Dyke and Gomez, but even, no, even, actually, even I, 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 don't that, think I don't think they even played together anyway. No. So Van Dyke season. and Gomez played together, but it was during Gomez's early season. I look like crap phase. Right. And so this literally looked like the best partnership we've had this season because it was a partnership. Right. They, they both knew what they can do and what they can't do. Phillips knew that Henderson is more experienced. Henderson knew that Phillips is the more aggressive, the more natural defender. And uh, yeah, it, it just worked. And, and I hope that we continue to see this throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, I know Fab's out and Fab will be coming back. I mean, I don't know exactly when, but I really hope they don't put him again in the, in the center back position. I got to be honest. It's, you know, before people get too crazy and think I'm nuts, it's not that I think Phillips is a better player than Fab. I think Fab is better defensively, but I think Phillips, um, Phillips abilities and Phillips um, instinct is better at the center back position because the stuff that Fab does at the midfield defensive position is not the same skill set that you need for a center back. And it shows. Right. And, and, and if we go years back, there's a reason why a player like Jamie Carragher who had very limited skill, but was aggressive, had lots of passion, and would go for everything and anything. There's a reason why he worked well with more cultured defenders. So when he was playing with Sammy Hippier or Daniel Lago or, or whoever, right? And I get the impression that Nat Phillips knows his limitations. He knows what he's very good at, which is heading and anticipate and anticipation and, and just being overly physical. But he also knows that he's not... Fabinho, he knows that he's not Van Dyke, and he will never try to be. And the the player, it's important that the player that he's partnering knows that too. And with Fabinho, I, I, I as great of, of a defender he's been, and and we're really grateful that he's been able to step in. You sense that he's not as intuitive about knowing who he's playing with as Henderson. Henderson knows, okay, I need to cover this guy, or I need to let him go for that ball because I know what his strengths are, what he's weak at, right? And he's, yeah, it's just really good having Henderson back there in the absence of Van Dyke. So I think in part, it's Henderson is more vocal, and I don't know if Fab is yelling at Phillips the whole game to tell him what to do and where to go. So I think that's part of it. But the other part is, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that Phillips is a better player than Fab, but I thought you saw on the one where Antonio almost got that breakaway. 
Fab would take a foul on that or completely lose him and give up the breakaway. Right. And Nat Phillips just instinctively knows you have to be physical, but not over the line because you don't want to draw the card or give up a penalty. And all you need to do is throw him off balance enough, but not enough for him to go down, delay him, and then you're good. And that's exactly what it is. He played it perfectly. And I can honestly say the ones where Fab's involved in a play like that, he goes for the ball. He goes to try to to you know tap it out of the way. He goes to try to you know do something or take the guy down instead of playing it smart like Nat Phillips did. And it's just it's a center back play versus a defensive midfielder play. That's all. Yeah, you can tell who has been coached in that position for let's say ten years versus who has been coached for two, if even that. Right. Yeah. And yeah, at at, at the the highest levels. You and I know what to do, and I know Fabinho knows what to do. But when you're playing against professionals, you you, you just have to be that quick. It has to become more instinctive to you. Yeah, you don't have the the time to remind yourself not to follow your instinct, to follow what you're supposed to do, and then all of a sudden you're – guys already passed you like right. you it just needs to be instinctive and and quite frankly i want um i want fab out of there because i'm worried it's going to mess with his instincts like we've already seen a few times um i'm thinking the last game where um fab you know kind of grabbed the guy and then didn't want to really grab him because he was already on yellow like he just doesn't know how to play guys and i want to see him play guys like a midfielder again because i'm worried that this season might screw him up for next Right. And then when you think about it, after he got injured last season and when he came back, he never really returned to his full form as a midfielder. So I agree. The sooner that we get him back playing as a midfielder, the better, because, yeah, we need that um, defensive midfield Fabinho back. The other one that I find really interesting, which is, I'll be honest, I actually have no idea why this is. When, you know, as a defensive midfielder or a midfielder in general, Fab knows how to play a long ball and knows how to spring guys and knows when to make a run up. But the second he moves to the back line, it's like he's forgotten all of those skills. Where Hendo, like, it's he seems to retain all of those skills from midfield and defense and then add defensive skills too. It's truly bizarre that Hendo that that Fab just seems to like let all those go because I mean we've seen Hendo in the back now. He goes for the long pass. He springs guys. Right. He's almost because even when we have our full team in place, so Gomez and Mendyke back there throughout the game, Henderson will drop back and become the third defender. And so we're, we're seeing what we've always seen from Henderson, except we're seeing it all game now because he's not having to do the other midfield um, role. And he's he's just doing those things that we've already seen, but he's doing them well and more often. And um, I agree with uh, Fab. Perhaps he's just really overthinking it and really f- trying to focus on being a good defender as opposed to um, remembering that he can still do the same things that he used to do before. Yeah, the the other thing I will say that I noticed in this game, which is kind of shocking to me, is I actually kind of thought Tiago is not very good defensively today. Like he came billed as a good defensive midfielder with, you know, great ability to spread the ball, but I didn't see much of the defense today. Well, did he? Was was he really was that always really the the strongest part of his game though? So it wasn't the strongest part of his game, but it was his position. Oh, I see. As as a number six, 
yeah, like he was he was played. I mean, he's got the number six jersey on for a reason. You would think um, he was he was played as a defensive midfielder. That was the scheme he was in, and I guess I would have thought he'd just be better at it. Like, not that he's bad, but I was much more comfortable with Genie at the back there um, than Tiago, to be quite honest today. Yeah, I know in his first couple of games, so the the well, we can put aside the Chelsea one. So I suppose the Everton game. <laughs> um, and was was there one game that he came back and then he was injured again, or he went out, or no? I think he just straight went out after the Everton game, and we didn't see him for like three months. Okay, okay. So it was just the Everton game then. I remember in that game thinking, my goodness, this guy cannot miss a tackle. Everything he was going for, he was getting, and he was just everywhere. He he reminded me of a combination of Alonso and Mascherano in one. But uh, since then, he is a little bit slower on the tackle, as we discussed in the last podcast. And um, I think because of the early yellow cards, he second guesses himself now when he's trying to, to be to to be a defensive midfielder. Plus, he's probably he's also probably not used to the speed and physicality of the EPL. Yeah, so I wonder if that's part of it. Like these tackles that he pulls off or that he tries to pull off here, maybe in the German league, they come off all the time because guys are just that split second slower. Um, but now he's a bit later and maybe starting to doubt his ability to tackle and maybe that's part of it. I mean, I don't know. Um, but again, overall, I thought as a as a team, I thought we played well. Uh, the first half was a little... Um, I don't want to say we played badly, but I don't really think we'd had that much going forward. Um we had a lot of the ball and we probed, but there wasn't really much danger. Um, but the game definitely picked up in the second half. Yeah. So watching the first half, I think we're victims of circumstances, right? Because if we had watched this game last season, that first half would not have concerned me, right? I wouldn't be concerned that West Ham will score. I just know, okay, Liverpool is in complete control here. We're not playing well, but we're in complete control. We're going to win this game. But because of the way this season has panned out, you never know, right? West Ham could score and, we'll, and we wouldn't know how to get back. But um, a, freak, I know it, a freak goal like they did score, they could have scored. Exactly. But then even last season, if that happened, you you would trust the team to still play the same way we did in the second half, right? But this season, I think we just have to learn to, to trust them again. Can I just can I just legitimately ask, what what was West Ham's plan? Like, like, did they have a plan? Were they just hoping to secure one point? Like... I'm I'm honestly baffled with what they were trying to do here today. Well, to be honest, I I haven't really watched them play through this this good run that they've had. I've just seen the scores, so I don't know if they were if if they have been playing well before this game or if they've just been beating poorer teams. But I suspect that they would have expected Mane to be playing, and so they wanted to contain and then and then. Um, take advantage of our quote-unquote weak defense but clearly that didn't work out too well for Antonio oh man now look I mean Antonio's a good player and he's been around a while but I gotta be honest I think by the time he was subbed off I think Phillips like was in his head and straight out owned him because he so first of all when they went for the head-to-head I think Phillips showed him I have no fear of you which is beautiful and I love it and it's fantastic and I could watch that simple highlight like all day long. But it was he was always on him. He was very physical with them. And even when Antonio felt like he might have gotten a step, Phillips was savvy enough, which is kind of amazing at only 23, to keep him in the right spot. 
and there was just that anticipation. He was always able to step in front of him, push right on him. Like there were times that it looked like Antonio was just literally not even going to go for a ball that was he should have gone for because he knew Phillips was on it and he didn't want any piece of it. Yeah, and and towards um, his last few moments, he he was not even bothering to jump at all for those balls, and and that's probably why David Moyes realized, okay, I, I think Antonio's done. I, I don't think he's. I think he's totally psyched out now, so it's probably best we take him off uh, because we're not going to beat Matt Phillips in the air anyway. Which, I mean, you know, to be honest, if you were looking at this lineup today and you were thinking, you know, which guy are they going to go after? Uh, it was going to be Phillips. And I got to be honest, he looked really good today. Um, you know, he wasn't, He. it's not like he's in, in, you know, competition for the best defender in the EPL. But this guy is a solid and he looks like he'll be giving you a seven every game out. He'll never give you like tens. But he's also not going to give you like fives. He's going to be a solid defender the whole game, every game. Yeah, and the advantage that he has over Reese Williams is even though I don't know who's faster, who's slower, but that's irrelevant. Um, even though he, uh, now Phillips is not fast, but he knows how to use his body. So, for instance, the game against Man U last in the FA Cup, I he wouldn't have been able to catch Marcus Rashford, but he would have known how to put his body in the way in the way that Reese Williams is still learning. Yeah, absolutely. And and he also is instinctive enough to not get caught in those bad positions. Like he seems to kind of know, like there was one time that the ball legitimately went over his head and I was shocked um, that it was a, a clean ball that went over his head uh, when he went for it. So that was a surprise, but he doesn't seem to miss too many of those. Um, so, and again, I think it also affects the way the forwards play him because they know he'll step up and he'll right. be able to get that ball. And so as a forward, you start thinking, man, if I don't start trying to get physical or try to get creative, like I got to do something special to to get around this guy or over him as opposed to Reese Williams, which, I mean, you just got to keep trying. Eventually he's going to miss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And with Nat Phillips, he will ensure that he says welcome to the game, right? So he would have given Rashford a couple of those shoulder barges <laughs> to just to let him know, hey, you know, this is this is what you, you're gonna have to deal with today. Yeah, I mean, he he seems to understand the psychological side of it, and even the ones where he goes for a header, um, you know, and he knows he's not gonna get them. He makes sure his point comes across, and I I love that. And that's something we need more of, quite frankly. Maybe when when Van Dyke and and Gomez are there, they're good enough skill wise that they don't need to play those games. But right now we don't have that level of skill on the defense. So we need to make sure we get in people's minds. We let them know we're there. Uh, The one, for example, that he went for the header against Antonio, like he's smart enough to stay down when he gets hurt. He stays down to make the ref blow the whistle where I can, I can clearly remember a play where Van Dyke got hit in the air, stayed up. They scored all because he just would he refused to go down to either look for a foul or make the ref blow a whistle. But Phillips went down, held his head. Ref has to blow the whistle and that kills the play. Yeah. And the other important thing too, is with Henderson and Nat Phillips, it gave our fullbacks. So Trent and Robertson, the confidence to just push up the way we, we normally see them, which is why we were able to just have so many more good opportunities in this game, because even though Nat Phillips is not fast, he will, you know, um, whenever West Ham was trying to go for the long ball, 
he will win the header. Or if he doesn't, Henderson is quick enough to cover for him. So, yeah, this is just a much better partnership for our team than Fab and Williams or even Fab and Nat Phillips. And and to be honest, I actually thought Phillips did a pretty decent job trying to spread the ball long. Um, That's I, right. I don't think most of them came off perfectly, but there was one or two that came off well enough that as a defense, you have to now respect that. And then even his uh, sh- uh, close control and his sh- sh- short passes were, were were quite effective as well. So he wasn't... Reese Williams, uh, I know he's a better passer because I've seen him play at youth level and even in, in the um, earlier games that that we had already won or whatever in the, in the Champions League. When, when he was playing with a little bit more confidence, he would try um, some more extensive passes. But of late, what he, he's just so anxious for his position that he just passes the ball just behind Fabinho, just to be 100% sure. Yeah, I, I also noticed today Phillips seemed to have one of those Matip-like runs up. Oh, Except right. he looked... The, the crazy part is, like, Matip looks awkward when he does it, and Phillips looked, like, way worse. He looked like he had just learned to run today on that one. Like, I, was he was, I was just waiting for him to trip. I know, right? He, I, he was all, like, legs. Like, yeah. and, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to injure himself on the ball. Like, that's what I thought. But, I mean, you know, he's clearly grown in confidence. And I got to be honest. I know that, you know, there's talk about bringing in a center back or two. But if if we play the rest of the season with Hendo and Phillips at the back, I'm actually pretty okay with that. Me too. Me too. And and, and I think anybody that we bring in is really just to have more numbers there. But until they're up to speed, I th- I, I hope that Klopp will will continue with this partnership and not reintroduce Fab into into it. It will be interesting to see w- w- the lineup that we pick against Man City. Oof, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that, but I mean, in all honesty, you know, I I think Hendo and and Phillips deserve um, a few more runs out there because I felt the most confident I felt uh, in a while, and and even the goal that they did score, so even the goal that West Ham scored towards the end of the game on the corner, um, that was actually Robertson tipping the ball away from Matt Phillips. Yeah, and and I'm actually okay with that goal for the simple reason that it 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 gives them more information to study, right? So if they learn something from that goal that helps them defend corners in the future, then hey, I'm I'm all for it. The game was already won. It's true. I mean, at the end of the day, so what I did notice is say what you will about Nat Phillips, but every corner Phillips is short post. So he stands on the six yard box, but he's closer to the kicker. He's on the near post and Hendo's on the back post. And then they've always got Robertson and and Alexander Arnold in front of those two or behind those two, whichever way you want to look at it. So that's the setup that they go. But Nat Phillips, clearly, they know his heading ability. And maybe today, Robertson learned, you know what? If I can't get it all the way, let me get out of the big guy's way because he'll get it. Exactly. Because Phillips was there. If if Robertson had let it go because he knew he couldn't get it, then Phillips absolutely would have gotten it and cleared it. Yeah. Or perhaps Nat Phillips didn't call for it or... or I, I... I don't know how it works, but I'm sure they can learn something from that because it was an avoidable mistake. Absolutely. And the other one that I remember from Phillips today was on the free kick where he seemed oh, yeah. he seemed like he was just, there was no hope of anybody getting it. It looked like they were offside. So I don't think it would have counted. But he just came back and flung himself and just, I mean, he's got he's got a, a head for the ball, like a, no pun intended. He just seems to be able to do that. Like I'm, I'm truly impressed. 
Yeah, and it, it makes you wonder what or why this wasn't noticed by the coaching staff beforehand, why he's only coming to the team now when we clearly haven't had proper defenders. Oh, I got to be honest with you. I'm at the point where if I met Klopp, the only question I would want him to answer for me is why did you pick Reese Williams over Nat Phillips? I legitimately want to know that. I, I'm, you know, at the beginning, I was like, okay, maybe he knows something. Maybe, they, you know, Reese Williams is faster. Maybe Reese something. But, oh, my God, like, today Phillips looked great. And I can never say that that Reese Williams has looked great. He's just looked varying degrees of uncomfortable and not so good. Yeah, he's looked totally out of his depth. Well, he's looked like what you would expect a 19-year-old defender without EPL experience would look like. So um, it's, it's almost been unfair on him to be in that position. So, I agree. And and Phillips, again, is 23. So mm-hmm. he's definitely more mature, more experienced, knows what to do. His body's filled out more. So for him, it's much more natural to bring him in. Uh, overall, I mean, I, I liked the game today. I thought Milner was good as well. Um, but he's, again, not the fastest guy on the field. He definitely has slowed with age. But I think he brings a good leadership quality to the field. Um, that, I mean... Not that I didn't like Curtis Jones coming on, but I feel like you can tell that that Milner has come off. Like there's just a little bit of difference in the team when he's on. Yeah, and usually in the last year or so that Milner's been getting older, um, Klopp tends to rotate him a bit more, so he usually doesn't play him two full games in a row. So it's I think it's it's not a coincidence that he's played, or you know that he's he's played so many full games during this uh, recent recovery because Klopp has realized that, you know, we need the leaders on the field right now to keep the other guys going. Yeah. And I, I suspect he'll be dropped for the Brighton game on Wednesday and then he'll be back for the Man City game on Sunday. Y- yes, most likely. Not that that's what I would do, but that's probably what Klopp will do. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my feeling on Klopp. I, I got to be honest. I now have things I think we should do and things I think Klopp will do and they don't always line up. Right. Because, I mean, I've been calling for Reese, for Reese Williams to be cut and Nat Phillips to play for weeks. So we don't always agree. But um, do you think he'll bring back Hendo and Phillips next game? Oh, boy. Um, no, I don't. Oh, man, I, you're I, killing me. <laughs> I would, but I, I... Henderson will play the back for sure. But I think he'll find it too hard to resist putting Fabinho back there if he's fit. Oh, I don't but know you, why. But you know what? I, I, I'm okay against Man City because they're not exactly going to try to hit us in the air anyway. So we don't really lose much by not having Phillips in the in in the in the um in the game. Now, if it was me, I'd put Fabinho in the midfield. But at this point, we don't even know how he'll play in the midfield. It's been so long. So do we really want to try that against Man City? No, I mean, I, I do get that. I just, I don't know. I, I kind of look at our midfield. And if you told me right now, we could field the midfield of Fab as the sitting midfielder, uh, Tiago and Genie on the wings, and then Hendo and Phillips at the back. I feel like that would be a strong defensive setup and a great offensive setup too. Like I'd actually be really happy fielding that game after game. What um, Nat Phillips probably does have to improve on, or at least get op- opportunities, is his attacking free or corners and in, in our free kicks. It was nice to see him 
be the target man for one of our free kicks. So I'm looking forward to seeing him do some damage on, on our corners. Oh, I'm looking to see someone kick a proper corner who's not named Shaq. Because, oh my God, Robbo can't get the ball over the first man. And Trent doesn't know what the hell he's aiming at anymore. Like, our corners are horrible. I don't even know what to say about them. Almost almost no point in taking them at this point because there's no danger coming off any of our corners. I really hope that we can get an early lead against Brighton and then take Robertson off because he he really needs to rest. He really needs to rest. You can you can see it all over his face. You, it was funny because actually at the second at the like two minute mark he made like a run. And then on his way back after the ball went out of bounds, I like they closed up on him and I'm like, God, does he already look like he needs a break? And it yeah. was like two minutes into the game. You can tell he needs a break. So I don't know, against Brighton, I might even start Samikas because it's too risky though, because if if we if we don't win, then it'll it'll come back to the lineup, right? You, you almost have to start with your strongest team and then kill it and, and then start making your subs. Yeah, I mean, that's true. If if today taught us anything in the overall picture, it's that we're clearly fighting for number one and two with Man City and everybody else is, I mean, whatever. I don't, I, I won't, I won't use bad words, but nobody's of any interest. Man U played the way we expected them to play. Leicester lost. We beat West Ham. Tottenham lost. Like everybody's dropping points and it's not a surprise. So it's it's Man City and us all the way. So it really does come back to we need to win as many games as we can. And, and you're right. We just we can't drop points. So we have to keep these guys playing week in, week out. I love how Chelsea won, but you didn't even bother including them in your... <laughs> Chelsea, who are they? I don't, I don't remember. What league do they play in? <laughs> they, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. They got a sparkly new coach and the same terrible team. So what are you going to do? Like, again, you can only play so many forwards at the same time. Like, I don't know, they signed so many. You might as well go with like a seven forward lineup if you're Chelsea and hope for the best. They're going to be good next season because now... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was saying that about this season. No, the only reason why they weren't good this season is because Lampard didn't know what to do with... Does he stick to his, his young English team or does he incorporate these new players, right? Thomas Tuchel will just play the new players and, and their experience. He, he's, he has no, he'll have no interest in... in nurturing the English talent. And it's unfortunate for Chelsea in the long run, but in, in the short term, they have quality players there. Any half-decent coach to be able to have them competing for the title with the players they have there. Uh, and, uh, any, and, and, and he's more than a half-decent coach. He's you know what? I think, I think there's a chance that he will have them competing for Champions League. I, I think competing for the title... Um, you know, let's let's be clear. Liverpool have been horrible by our standards this year, and we're still seven points up on them. Uh, Man City have only started looking like the real team again for the last like half of the season so far, and they're you know already more than ten points ahead of them. So they need to to become a totally different team if they want to challenge for the title. I think challenging for Champions League is doable, but not for the title. They'll challenge for the title. They're not going to win it. What I mean is, is with a month to go, they'll be within five points of whoever's second, let's say. Well, you know what? I would say you have no idea what you're talking about. Stick to your day job. But you did text me before the game telling me Salah's going to break out with a hat trick and you were one goal off. So 
you do have a decent chance of predicting who's <laughs> going to do well. I'll, I'll be honest. I thought you were nuts when you sent that text to me, but clearly you knew something. How about the other text I sent about the transfers? That they were going to announce them right after the game too. Damn, like you've, yeah. <laughs> uh, you've got this down pat. I mean, you seem to have uh, quite the in with... Uh, with Liverpool, either either you know someone on the inside or you need to be playing the lottery more often. <laughs> We're still waiting to see if your prediction of Liverpool winning it all is still going to happen because you did predict that last week. I and, did. And, and look what's happening. Even after all those losses, you still believed. And now it definitely looks like it's a two-pony race. I, I predicted it after the Burnley game, after we lost. Yep, you did. Just to put it out there. So, um, I mean, overall in this game, I thought we did... Fantastic. Back to our old ways. If you look at the numbers, uh, 14 shots, five on target. So not great, but better than we've been doing. Uh, we only gave up two shots on target and sadly one of them scored. Um, we had majority of possession, twice as so many passes. Um, all in all, very good. The one thing that I guess was a bit of a surprise was the corners. Six corners for them, four for us. That is a surprise, actually. Um, I guess they they got two or three quite close to each other right they did but i think it was more a case of we i don't know if it's by plan because we know we don't have tall people anymore but we don't seem to be getting corners at the rate we used to be getting um what i will say is i mean you know the the goal the three touch goal that we had just absolutely phenomenal um came off of one of their corners and if you recall last year i put the numbers together we were more dangerous on their corners than they were and yeah. so it it's starting to look that way again if we can get off to the races like we did. I was just about to say, um, if they had six corners, and essentially we had six corners because their corner may as well be ours, right? Um, because we're more likely to score off their corners than ours. Yeah, at I, this point, we really are. So I think, I think the absence of Mane really helps us in our transition. And I would say the same thing if it was Mosala that was missing. For some reason... And it's, it's ironic because in, in the commentary, they panned back to the, the, the breakaway goal we scored about three seasons ago with Mane and Salah. But they can't seem to do that together anymore. They they just get in each other's way, in each other's head. And whenever we break and th those two are involved, we just mess it up. So there's something going on there where I don't think it's intentional. I don't think that they don't like each other or anything like that. But there's just something that's off in, in when they're both on the field and we have a clear opportunity. And that's why I suspected that Mosala would do well today. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're right, because it does seem to be that when only one of them's on the field, the other one's game improves. And I don't want to say, to your point, I don't think they hate each other. I don't think, you know, they don't want to play together. I think there's something about their games, and I don't know exactly what it is. But, I mean, Salah looked great. He actually hit the net on shots he's supposed to hit the net on, even though he skied a couple that were kind of embarrassing. But, I mean, you know, still worked out well. Shaq, you know, disappeared for basically the whole game. But, man, that pass to Salah on that break. I mean, I I got to be honest. From the angle of the camera, I thought he hoofed it and he totally screwed it up. When he first hit it, I was thinking, why would you do that? Why not just run with it and cross it? Because there was only one defender there. And then, of course, once Salah controlled it, I thought, okay, well, what do I know? I mean, you know what? I will give it to Shaq. When you look at the replay, he's running with his head up the whole time. And he basically only brings his head down 
and you can you can see the gears working in his head as he's running and looking he literally looks down at the ball right at the end and he already knows what he's doing and where he's putting it like the decision's already been made so he doesn't even need to look at the spot and he hit it perfect and Salah controlled it great tapped it great and hopefully this gets Salah going again because I mean we need to start scoring more goals out of uh, Salah he's been a bit quiet for a while and and this might be what gets him going yeah, it's it's crazy to think that we hadn't scored in four games and we're, we're still the highest scoring team in the league. I mean, if we were playing heavy metal football again, I'd understand. <laughs> but I I mean, we're playing like a conservative football and yet we're still we we did so well in the previous games that it's it is kind of bizarre. And and to be honest, the reason we are where we are is our defense this year. I mean, yeah. we're we're not scoring the last few games, and we've only lost two of them instead of losing all five. Right, and to keep in mind that we conceded seven in one game, so we're really not doing that badly numbers wise. It's it's just a couple of VAR um, decisions and 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 then a few goalless games. Otherwise, yeah, we'd be totally running away with the league this season. And and don't forget the game that we gave up seven van dyke was here so as much as we talk about you know we need a defender we need to buy a defender all of that i mean you don't need uh, the liverpool stats department to tell you that defense is not the problem right now right yeah it, it's not the problem the only reason it's a problem is because we've depleted our the rest of our team <laughs> in order to plug that gap but it's yes, true yes, i agree uh so in terms of uh, man of the match I think there's only two choices for me. I'm I'm willing to hear others. Yeah, I, I you have to go with Nat Phillips, and I, yeah, and I know in in the 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 other game that we played against West Ham at Anfield, I, I believe that you gave it to him that game as well. But I think that was more out of pity. But this one, he totally deserved it. That was more because he came in in a tough situation, did a did a great job, and it was a good showing for a young guy. This time, I could see it going to Salah. I mean, both of those finishes were top-notch, as as we would expect. And, you know, even though he still looked a bit off in some ways, he scored, uh, you know, two goals, so you can't take away from that. But again, I would go with Nat Phillips this time because, frankly, I mean, and I'm, I still can't believe I'm saying it, he absolutely got in Antonio's head today. Just and that, and yeah. for a guy that young to get in like Antonio's been there done that it's not like he's a young guy it's not like this is first game like this is an experience forward to be able to get that guy to basically say yeah I'm done I'm not trying to take a run at this kid anymore like great job to Nat Phillips so yeah he's my man of the match yeah and yeah because if he hadn't dominated the West Ham attack so early in the game and so consistently in the first half it, it could have been. It could have turned into a totally different game, and then Mosala wouldn't have had the confidence or the opportunity to score the two goals he did. So, so I agree. Now Phillips was the key. Absolutely, and so I guess looking forward, we're going to be going uh, to play Brighton. I guess we're hosting Brighton. Um, hopefully, not Phillips and and Hendo are back. But uh, either way, you know, we're going with a, a good win in our pocket. We're uh, now in in second place. We've moved third. up in the standings. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we in third? Yeah, sorry. We're in third behind Man U. I. I've already discounted them in my head. <laughs> I know I really shouldn't because they have more points than us, but I mean, the last two games, they've come back to earth and this is where they belong, let's be honest. You know what? I don't think they're even interested in winning this league, so let's not even talk about them. They're they're just happy to be there. And and every time every time I watch them, I, I'm, I, I can never figure them out. It's, 
I don't know if I'm watching a bunch of good players coached poorly or a bunch of poor players coached well. There's just something that's weird about them. Even when they win, when they lose, I, I just don't get what I'm watching. So, I mean, in terms of winning the league, when they were playing against Liverpool and they walked away happy with the draw, that's not a team that wants to win the league. Because Man City was coming right up on their heels and they knew it. So they obviously don't want to win the league. I think they're just happy to be there. And it's a bunch of skilled players with limited heart and desire being poorly coached. Because they do have, they do come off with some good plays in isolation and they do know how to make space. Because they're skilled players. Okay, so you think they're just doing that on, on their own on the field? They're doing that on their own on the field. So they're the opposite of Klopp. So... It's if of, of Liverpool. They don't play a system. They try to play, let everybody play to their own strengths. So they play no system. They don't break people down as a team. And frankly, for for all I can see, Fernandez is the only guy on the field who actually cares about winning and losing. The rest of them, you know, get all mopey because they don't get the ball enough because someone took the ball from them. Like, so I, you know. Again, I, I know they're in second. They won't be for long. Liverpool will take that back. And frankly, the other ones who are in the top are going to be dropping points all the time. So it's Liverpool and Man City. I, I feel like today, um, you know, has shown the class that Liverpool has. And, you know, hope to, to put on a big win against Brighton so we can take our winning ways uh, against Man City and, and try to knock them down a notch. For more stories, analysis and articles, go to the forensicop.com website.